Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Uh, Todd is somewhere between here and there, so we have a guest host. Heather and Jan. Yes, uh, welcome. Howard William, and his name is like a three, what, what do you call that, an array of, of periods out? There's a name for that, uh, ellipse or some such thing, but uh, Howard William McLean Jr. is what all that says. Junior. Welcome. There we go. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Howard, for stepping in while Todd is basking in the sunny skies of Florida. I heard he was on a photo shoot to be an underwear model, but I don't know how true that that is. Yeah, those gigs come and go, especially with us. I I don't don't know if he has the uh, items necessary there to... We'll talk about about our co-host. We're talking about yeah, the photographer. I, I, yeah, right. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the photographer. That's right. That's right. He's lacking the photographer. <laughs> Welcome to episode sixty-one of the Play It By Ear podcast, and I'm gonna drag us here. There we go. Right. I'm put Brady first. There's there's kind of an unwritten rule with guest hosts. We've only had one other guest host, but we've decided kind of amongst ourselves we don't put the guest host in the hot seat immediately. Uh, we let one of the regular hosts do the first topic, and then they kind of find their way. But uh, so I'll be last, but I'll be doing a game. So, but we'll talk about that in a moment. I am Eric Fiskus, and I am not the most recent Vaximilian winner. Ah, uh, am I? I didn't check it. You are not. Uh, uh, apparently, you get a phone call if you are. But uh, uh, sorry to say, you are not either. And you did not get the college scholarship either. Yeah, so. That's uh, stinks. Congratulations to, I forgot, I, guess I saw the guy's name. He's from Northern Ohio, Rich Richwood, I think. So, uh, welcome, or congratulations to him. Uh, all right, so again, episode 60. If you a listener, please donate freely. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you can become a member. We'll talk about that in a moment. And if you have a million dollars, you probably could uh, do that rather easily. Could bankroll the whole operation here. We could be working for a vaximillionaire. All right. Uh, again, episode 61 of the Play by Ear podcast. And uh, if you've not been here before, uh, we all come to the table with the topic. We talk 20-ish minutes and usually more on the side of the ish than the 20. And uh, we uh, play it by ear. And Howard got to see the inside guts of this whole operation as well. The sausage and, uh, making. <laughs> exactly. Sausage making, making indeed. And uh, we've all got our topics. We're all ready to go. We have 16 people in the room. Sign in if you are uh, with us here. Uh, Savannah, our uh, newest member, newest member of the Earbud Hall of Fame, welcome. And thank you, Savannah, for mentioning us on the Channel 12 website. Uh, big heart feels to that. That, yes. that, that made my day. Indeed, uh, we did not get a call from uh, 
Mr. Herzog, but uh, we appreciate or your Kane, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what was that troubleshooter? There's definitely yeah. some trouble to shoot here. All right. Um, <laughs> Johnny, uh, hello. Gary Troutman, Howard's a regular. Put him in the hot seat. Well, I'll show him some grace. Uh, Jackie, welcome. Uh, guest host looks uh, probably slightly familiar to you indeed. Just a little bit. All right. Uh, Jess Longacre back with us. I've been a been while since we've seen you, Jess. Also a Earbud Hall of Famer remember, uh, remember, member. Uh, Danny, so now... Uh, uh, three of the four McLean children are in the room. <laughs> Gotta get Kathy in here. So, uh, uh, welcome one, welcome all. Uh, Allison with us, all the way from Alabama. I guess you're still in Alabama unless you're traveling, but uh, welcome and to Allison, Allison as well. Of traveling, I about sent you a message um, when I was at the Welcome to Alabama um, rest stop on my uh, trip last week. And I took a picture of me by the Welcome to Alabama sign. And something happened. I went to send the message in the photo. Just it wasn't what I thought I took. It disappeared. So I was in your neck of the woods. So if you smelled something funny, it was probably me driving through. And she says she is in Alabama currently. Would now, Allison? Would you have invited Brady over for some grits? Some Brady's Alabama grit. grits. Uh, according to Vinny, they make good grits there. I don't know, but. Uh... How long do you cook a grit? <laughs> the entire grit-eating world cooks their grits for 15 minutes. No, 20 minutes, right? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> Allison says absolutely she would invite you over for grits. So, all right. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, with that, uh, again, we will... Uh, get on with the festivities here, but we do invite you, before we start, to visit our website, www.playbyyearpodcast.com, and register for updates on our show. You can do that right on the top of any of the pages of the website. If you go to the right side, uh, there is a, a way to register for the email updates, and uh, Howard has the official Play By Your Podcast where, uh, actually playing it old school there, because we got to get some... Uh, Shirts with our current John Whitney inspired logo on them. So uh, I can show you a picture of it. Here, let me disappear from the camera for five seconds. It's right in front of me. Our audience probably welcomes you disappearing from the camera. They probably do. Wah, wah, wah. And He's here all week. Here is my prototype. Oh, the actual shirt. There you go. Brady did make a prototype or have one made. And, uh, that is a uh, little bit of a preview on what you will see from us here in short order. We keep talking about it, just like we did before. We kept talking about it, talking about it, and finally did it. Uh, hopefully, uh, I believe that's a summer project. I believe that's what we've talked about. So. It is. All right. So, uh, again, visit our website, register for updates, and uh, we will talk more about different parts of our website later on. And uh, we are on screen in the order which we will present our topics. Brady is in the hot seat first. Mr. Liming, you may begin. And speaking of hot seat and hot places, it goes right along with my topic. And um, so my topic that I'm going to be leading off with tonight is going to be, what song do you think 
would be playing on a loop in Hades, in the gates of hell, on a loop, a song that is so offensive sonically to you that it, it is what you imagine would be played on a loop in the underworld that people are subjected to for eternity. Now, let me just lay a little bit. I, I'm not totally going from a list because I think we could all generate many of our own, and I'm sure that our audience is going to provide many examples too. But I will tell you, they're, they're, the criteria is pretty loose. It could be a song that is a you know pop song that you've heard on the radio or a country song that just absolutely grinds your gears, or it could be like a children's song or something from a cartoon or movie that you've been subjected to too many times. This is a wide berth, a wide range. And um, I, I could kind of lead it off because I made reference to this. This is one of my most hated songs of all time. And I, and once again, guys, um, I'm not wanting to offend anybody's musical choices. And that's not, this just happens. Oh, Howard has disappeared. Um, this just happens to be a song that could very well be in help. And that is especially the chorus of the Florida Georgia Line song, This Is How We Roll. If I have to hear that, you know, I'm sure that Satan himself is cranking up the volume. I, I can envision that. So now, now wait a minute. Is this, uh, I'm not sure I'm familiar. You're not familiar uh, with the song? Is is that the one that goes? This is how we roll. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that's yeah, that's the refrain over and over again. And um, and I got to be honest. I mean, there's probably more. Uh, what do I call it? Annoying songs to the masses, but that one I will be consistent. From the moment I heard it, I thought this is a crime against humanity. And um, it just personally just that song drives me nuts. So there could be an example, and I'm going to flip the script. This is the number, and, I, and I'm not giving anything away, but I'll give you an example so our listeners and our other hosts get an idea. Um, the song that frequently comes up is after a visit to Magic Kingdom, you are subjected to, <laughs> it's a small world after all, it's a small, yeah. And that usually comes up, it's usually on the top 10 of every, you know, Hades list that I've ever seen. So you can see what we're dealing with. So with that note, no pun intended, Howard, what say ye? Uh, right along with the topic, come on, baby, light my fire by the doors. Ooh. I can't stand that song. <laughs> Let's say you're, you're, you're going to generate some angst with that. Uh, I know, but it's just when I was in college, the guys next door blared that for like four and a half hours straight while they were um, in a partaking of some um, oregano-like substances and so it just drilled a hole right through the back of my brain I can't stand it oh my god um, uh. the doors usually elicit a love-hate response you don't find anybody that's just kind of like oh yeah they're okay they usually generate that hey we love them or oh my gosh what an overrated bunch of 60s hodgepodge but um, but yeah, the and I especially think the the keyboard part, which I think is pretty cool, but it would be annoying that <laughs> that that could I imagine would like hone in on some yeah. people. I could definitely see that. So uh, yeah, for for like four hours straight, uh, and then you get the the wafting of the fumes. Uh, 
of those no. left-handed uh, cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't smart enough to put a towel under the door or anything like that. It just, uh, yeah, so you've got the doors and the doobage all up and down the hallway. So that just really ruined that song completely for me. So, one of our future isms, yeah, the devil's cabinet, the devil's lettuce or Bale's kale. Yeah. <laughs> for the doors doobage. Yes. So the, uh, the, the fumes did not take the edge off the song. Absolutely not. He was just angry and hungry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. After they would play it for four hours, we were ordering Domino's. I mean, by the by the carload. But uh, never, never wanted anything like that again. It just, you know. And you always could tell. You could always tell because you'd get the smell and you go like, comes, comes the doors. Yeah. So, so we do have to footnote this topic. We we did. Um, I don't want to say we stole it. We 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 saw this on a, a tweet from Super Seventy Sports, which is one of our favorite uh, Twitter handles. And uh, you know his his tweets tend to get a lot of uh, responses, but this one got four thousand four hundred and seventy one responses. So this wow. was a uh, this was something that hit a nerve. And, and I, I bring up the tweet because. For whatever reason, at the top of, of the responses on my end, uh, this person said, I'm sorry, but it's got to be almost anything by Bob Jovi. Bob Jovi. <laughs> and this guy responded, uh, good old Robert Jovi. <laughs> Robert Jovi. Robert, Robert Jovi. <laughs> That. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know what to say. To that, but that's yeah, because Eric. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Howard. No, that's. Um, just... <laughs> he's just shaking he's his head. Um, one of the responses to that tweet was anything by Boston, and I forget who the other one was. And I was kind of like, really? I've never heard. You know, Boston's awesome, but this guy had a real bone to pick with with Boston's. Like, come on. Well, but but again, Boston is either you love all their songs or you hate all their songs because they all sound the yeah. same. That, that's yeah. true. That, that's yeah. all good to me. That's that's why they're a great tribute band. Every great tribute band, all their songs sound the same. You learn Indeed. three chords, you just mix them up. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, another one that makes a list. Oh, Eric, I want to hear your offering. We have not we have not heard from you. Um, I I would say Don't Worry Be Happy would be I don't know if it would be the time that's the first one that came to mind for whatever reason that's some irony there yeah and I I, I guess you know the over and over again we heard in 1988 still hangs with me Uh, but going through the responses of that tweet probably brought up a better one Mm mhm and I don't know if y'all have heard this. I don't know if this is something that's just on Sirius Satellite Radio or it's out there on terrestrial radio, but there's a 1877 Cars for Kids commercial. Have you ever heard it? No. I so, don't think I have. So, so it must be just a Sirius XM. So the, it, the jingle goes, it's these kids singing, and it... 
1877 cars for kids. Yes. K-A-R-S cars for kids. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, that just triggered a flashback. Yeah. Uh, I try to forget it. Um, that that would definitely be. Well, hey, we got to go back to episode number one or two. The Donato's Peach <laughs> commercial. <laughs> um, and I would hear that in my sleep if I had to, you know, I. And, and but keep it on, guys. We're just not talking about songs we dislike. These are just like stir that visceral, eternal torture. Um, and one that uh, frequently gets mentioned is Barbie Girl. Oh yeah. my gosh! And um, so you know, it, it's songs that just have that. I'm sure Gangnam Style probably somebody, you know, Satan's down there doing the dance, you know. <laughs> Which brings me to another country song, um, Achy Breaky Heart. Um, oh, yeah. Eh, that's pretty much auditory pornography. Um, so. I've, got, I've got some uh, chime in from our audience here. And one you just said is in that uh, oh. set of responses. Uh, Danny, yeah. uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. Uh, yeah, especially if it were over and over again. Pop, pop goes the weasel, weasel. Pop, pop goes the weasel, weasel. Pop goes the weasel when the weasel goes pop. Are we talking about that one or the around the mulberry bush? Yeah, one? I, I believe around the mulberry bush one, I'm assuming, is what he means. Uh, Allison, this is, this is the song that never ends. Yes. Oh, How yeah. apropos. <laughs> yeah, Sabrina, welcome. Uh, she oh. has two uh, songs to put into the mix Cotton Eye Joe. And Baby Shark, do, 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 do. Now, Every Sabrina? That. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> and it, it, it's it's outlived its novelty for sure. Yes. But Sabrina, are we talking about the Cotton Eye Joe? Like, anytime there's a talent show in the fifth grade at the end of the year, there's always two or three Cotton Eye Joes even to this day where they do the Cotton Eye Joe dance. But um, I'm going to go old school here that our friend Doug has a wax 45 that his parents had had. And the original Cotton Eye Joe sounds nothing like the techno version because um, I, I'm going to censor myself, but I'm really not kidding. It goes, well, what's that smell? Bull poop. Pilot. What? Bull poop. By all the hell you say. And it was like a square dancing song. Really? And... Uh, <laughs> Eric, you remember being there for that night? <laughs> yeah. And the whole song, and it's old, and it talks about bull feces the whole time. <laughs> Howard looks stunned and horrified. But I, I'm not kidding. That's really how it sounds. Like, power, what? Bull. 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 Hum. <laughs> but, uh, other songs from our audience here. Uh, Scott Brun uh, with uh, Welcome Scott. Uh, he also in with Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah. And uh, Allison agrees with Baby Shark. She has young children, I know. Probably yeah. hears her fill of that. Uh, Jackie wants to uh, say she loves that door song, Howard, but uh, the oregano makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would take some of the edge off the song, but, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Savannah, 500 Miles by the Proclaimers. That was a barcodes and a vinyl countdown slash Noble Hardyman staple. Uh, Danny, oh Mickey, 
You're so fine. That was the Noble awesome. Hardyman barcodes final vinyl countdown staple that we played. Uh, Allison uh, found humor in doors in the doobage. It sounds like a name of a speaking of tribute band. That sounds like a name of a tribute band. Hey, doors in the doobage. Uh, Allison, I'm blue by Eiffel 65. I'm not familiar with that one. Now I'll have to look that up. Uh, Sabrina, 99, Red Luft Balloons. Another Noble Hardyman barcodes. Uh, I don't count on staple. So, uh, so, so what are they trying to say there? I know, right? <laughs> uh, Jess, American Pie drives me nuts. I, I, I like American Pie. I do. Uh, Allison also in agreement with Gangnam Style. Lived in Korea when it was popular. <laughs> God help you. Was uh, that the unofficial yeah. national anthem or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Korea pop. I believe that's part of the K-pop. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Danny did uh, say yes around the mulberry bush. That's the pop goes the weasel he was referring to. Uh, Sabrina talking more about the techno version that had the dance to it when I was in school, but now going to have to find the older version. That would be the... Uh, uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Made me wonder about the ocular condition that this Joe had <laughs> to have cotton eyes. <laughs> it sounds like a real problem. <laughs> he pissed in his ocular cavity. <laughs> Vicky. Uh, Is there an episode that goes by where we cannot ooh. slip in one So I Married an Axe Murder reference? No, no. We've had 61 episodes. There's been one in each one, I believe. Uh, Jackie says, Fly to the Bumblebee. Uh, Gary Chapman says, All these songs have been on his playlist. <laughs> and Gary, you must uh, have a different playlist than everyone else in the room. Yeah. Um. Uh, Scott agrees, American Pie, but only if sung karaoke style by his good friend Dwight Ratliff. Just when you think he's done, he starts all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. American Pie, you know, now that I think about it, I've heard more than one person mention that they have a distaste for that song. And um, to be honest, there's been very few times where I've listened to it from beginning to end. But if you get stuck in the car with it, especially by somebody who really likes the song, I could see where that might be problematic. Absolutely. <clears throat> Any other songs to put on the list, gentlemen? Oh, gosh. Um, I've got to go to the bathroom. Howard, did you say you had to go uh, do some business? <laughs> Could no. you kind of cut out there? No. Oh, yeah. uh, I was saying American Pie, if you've ever been on radio, that's the that's the go to the bathroom oh. song. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, gotcha. I thought gotcha. he said I had to go to the bathroom too. I, I thought <laughs> Howard was going to conduct some commerce on live TV there, but um, you know, the, there's a few songs that come to mind. I'm old, but also. I'm not old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that there is probably some um cartoon songs. I would say like anything from like Little Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast where parents have had to listen to it over and over and over again. So I, I'm sure we could fill up our, you know, loop request with something like that, because that usually finds its way on there. Uh, I, I've got one from recently. 
um, when this song was popular a few years back, my daughter Regan just absolutely played it over and over and over. It's that, uh, you know, um, body like a back road song. Uh, body and, like uh, what? Body like body. a back road. But I, I always made up lyrics to it, which made her. I, I it's like body like a flat toad that's been hit on the road, and um, she would always get mad when I would sing those lyrics. But um, but yeah, that's one of those songs that definitely made the uh, made the loop. Oh, Danny, red red wine. I love that song. Red red wine. I love that. Take us to me. Uh, Danny also says they make drops for the cotton eye. <laughs> Maybe Visine or... Maybe Joseph has been cured by now. <laughs> so uh, you, you mentioned the kids' songs, and, and maybe the annoyance goes a little bit away when your children grow up. Yeah. Because it seems like grandparents can handle all that stuff over and over again, and they don't get annoyed by it. But they get, well, no, I can't say this anymore because that era has come and gone. But grandparents, when we were little, got their revenge by making us watch Lawrence Welk <laughs> at their house when they had control of the TV that had one channel and you were made to watch Lawrence Welk when Animal Kingdom was played on the other channel or the Muppets and you weren't allowed to watch it. Or the wonderful world of Disney. Yes. So, um, Howard, are you back with us? I think he's having some internet troubles. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll proceed. We'll proceed. We'll proceed. Um, but uh, it seems like our um, our suggestions have dried up. Um, well, I can read some of the comments on the, this tweet. Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably uh, generate some more discussion, I'm sure. And how we missed this one, I'm not sure because this this should have been something that was high on the list of someone the Barney theme song oh <laughs> Barney in itself and, and it's not because it's a little kid show just watching that you know there's nice and sweet and there's pancreas exploding you know overindulgence of sweetness to the part where it's point where it's phony yeah the Barney song definitely ah forgotten about that one uh, another comment here, uh, Afternoon Delight. A little bit before my time to have to experience it. You know, it's constant playing, but, you know, I could definitely see where that would be. Is Safety Dance on that list? As much as I love that song, I bet that there's some people that hate it. Well, I'm, I'm scrolling through here, and I, the Cars for Kids song comes up quite a bit in these comments. Um... Someone actually put Hotel California, which is surprising. Sacrilege. Oh, uh, and, and this, this gentleman here will uh, incur your ire, Brady. Oh, no. Anything by the police. Well. And message in a bottle is the worst, according to this individual. Huh. It's a pretty complex song. I, I don't... That song doesn't strike, stick, strike me as a, like, you know... Earworm. Howard, you're back with us. Do you have any other uh, songs to input to the list? 
And as soon as he starts talking, oh, actually, I can't hear him. So are you there I think now? He's, yeah, there you are. I there think you are. You're muted. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. We kind of locked up. We've got some problems with the internet down here in Ripley. Um, uh, you know, the phenomena. Beep beep bidee phenomena. That that version that's good. Oh yeah. yes. Yes. Indeed. Played played on the Muppet Show all the. Yes. Right. Uh, several tweets. Uh, sorry, you're you're cutting in and out again, Howard. Uh, we built this city by Starship. I think that song gets put on this list because it's mentioned as like one of the worst songs of all time in a lot of hipster mags. But I, I can see it being annoying to some. But Loop and Hell, no, I don't give it that kind of. No, agreed. All right, uh, a couple more from the audience here. Uh, and to my comment about the grandparents, Danny says grandparents' hearing isn't as good as it used to be. That is true, or maybe they uh, do better at ignoring things than younger parents do. Um, uh, Danny also says safety dance should be on the list. And uh, Gary, I don't know if that's a second vote for safety dance. It said work for the father-daughter dance back in December, good old 2020. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Allison, so now all these annoying songs will be stuck in my head now. Yes, you will have a, a loop of uh, many songs that will be stuck in your head that will be playing in Hades. And uh, Sabrina with another uh, song here, Put, Putting on the Ritz by Taco. I don't <laughs> with a fashion fit. Putting on the Ritz. Yeah. The 80s version, I, I could see where that, uh, yeah, that could probably chafe a few. Hey, it, I've heard many people mention, not just a couple of our friends, but the opening strains to Money by Pink Floyd. The oh, ching, yeah. ching. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> that's one of the ones. Dipping back into the 80s, Rock Me Amadeus. Amadeus. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I always like that song. But I'm I'm good with that song, especially the German version. I, I can I can do the German version. Yeah. Let's hear it. Just, yeah. Let's hear it. I'm not saying <laughs> I could do I said that wrong. I, I I can't do the German version. I, I can yeah. listen to the German version. Nein, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, another, another few songs. Ebony and Ivory live together in perfect harmony. Yeah. All right. Maybe at one time, but uh, you don't hear that song much anymore, really. No, you don't. And considering that both of those are icons, I'm surprised that that, you know, um, I love that song as a youth. Like, <laughs> I, it, you know, anyway. Um, Ice Ice Baby, I figured that was going to be on there. I don't know Peaches by Presidents of the United States either. Peaches, Peaches for free. Oh, it's pretty. Herb, but... Yeah. <laughs> or is it Peaches uh, and Herb? I never, peaches. I never knew it was yeah. referring to a person or a section in the grocery. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think the guy, I think it was the guy, was Herb, right? Yeah. So it's not Herb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He just liked his ganja with his fresh fruit. 
Peaches and herbs. That's so healthy. That was his, that was his munchie go-to. Peaches. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, Danny Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, I'm sure that would be on many a list as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. All right. Well, now we've inspired you to go out and seek these songs or hear these songs in your head, and we are sorry. But they're on this list for a reason, and uh, I think most people agree that you could at least put yourself in the shoes of somebody that they would definitely be. You could see why they're annoying. Uh, correct. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, okay, let me uh, get my banners together here. Rachel uh, Um. Let's see. Well, had, had, had we had we exhausted that topic? I, I think I was, we've exhausted it because then I think we run the risk of uh, if we dive into this too deep, it'll become a discussion of whether we like the songs or not, and um, some of the the songs might get to be deep cuts that are on the, you know, like that one that was mentioned, the the the, the, the Am I Blue song by Eiffel Tower people or whatever it right. was. Right. Uh, one more to put up here by Scott Boone. Anything by the Wiggles? I hadn't heard the Wiggles in years, but uh, yeah, that they, they were all over the place at one point in time. They, they kind of went away. And then one guy went solo, and it was just Wiggle. <laughs> oh, Brady! Sorry, the low-hanging fruit. All right, uh, memberships. Support our work on the podcast. For more information, go to our website, playitbyyourpodcast.com backslash support. And uh, you can look at, uh, I brought up the webpage, but uh, there is a section there. If you go to uh, membership slash support in the middle of the menu, uh, you can go to our crowdsourcing platform called Buy Me a Coffee. And uh, that kind of deals with our, our membership portion of our website. Uh, we want to say thank you to our uh, members, Earbud Hall of Famers, Joe Rocky, Christina Rocky, Chuck Griffin, Allison Chavis, Jessica Longacre, and our newest member, as we mentioned earlier, Savannah Brown. Thank you all for your support of our podcast. Thank and, you. Uh, all right. So, uh, again, we put the guest host in the middle and uh, let him get his bearings before uh, he takes on his topic. So, Howard... You have topic number two, 20-ish minutes. Topic number two. You may right. begin. We'll see if we can go with that. Well, um, this is a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, uh, and it also fits in with the traveling griffins being on vacation. Yeah, since I uh, work the rank and house, I see a lot of tourists. Uh, it is a tourist attraction. But I went, instead of a historical route, I went to the weird route. Uh, historical attractions around the country uh, that may or may not interest you, but are definitely out of the ordinary. Uh, I don't know if Todd and family are going to any of these, but uh, he certainly uh, can, on his way back, take the list down and see what he's going with. Um, these uh, were compiled from several lists from the uh, Internet, uh, just whatever uh, came to uh, my, my, uh, caught my eye. And the first one is in Houston, Texas, and it is the beer can house. Uh, the beer can house, a house entirely made of over 50,000 beer cans 
And the interesting thing is these beer cans uh, came about over a span of 20 years as Mr. Maliskovich and his wife drank 20,000 cans of beer or 50,000 cans of beer in 20 years um, and made a house out of it. So uh, you can go and find your brand. I'm sure there's a lot of red stripe. Uh, but uh, uh, 50,000 cans of beer might excite someone. Uh, but remember, they are empty. Are empty. The question is, do they take one down and pass it around? I imagine they might. loops in hell. You know, I, and, and uh, what, what about that, that conversation? Honey, we need to remodel the uh, kitchen. Um, I'll pick up a six pack or a case on the way home. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, My question uh, is, how do they fit their livers into the door? Um, well, maybe they just kind of hang the cans and it's more like a, one of those 1960s uh, beaded curtains and maybe that's how they get in. But, uh, and from the picture I saw on the internet, that's probably pretty accurate. Um, so there we are, we visited Texas, um, staying out in the uh, middle of the country. Um, I've never seen a blue whale, but you can see one in Catoosa, Oklahoma. Uh, it is along Route 66, uh, and it is uh, built in 1980, and is approximately 47 feet long uh, and 15 feet wide. And a gentleman built it as an anniversary gift for his wife. Made uh, out of what? Uh, concrete. A concrete blue whale for anniversary. So Eric. There you go. There's an idea right then and there. I'm not sure how that would be accepted. Well, well you know, my anniversary is coming up Friday, my 10th anniversary. And I, is 10th anniversary concrete? Is that what the, uh, the gift concrete. is? Honey, yes, concrete guess is what I got you for your anniversary? anniversary. Yes. A three-story high concrete cassowary. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew your anniversary was coming up, so I thought I'd give you a, a, a hint or two of what uh, may or may not be accepted. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Um, staying in the Midwest, uh, sort of, uh, for those of us who uh, are uh, enthusiasts of history, if you can't make it to Europe and see Stonehenge, uh, you can see Carhenge in Nebraska, uh, Alliance, Nebraska. It is a replica of Stonehenge made using late model cars. So I guess you can go and dance around the muffler and have your Wiccan ceremony, uh, but uh, a family- The druids are gonna sacrifice the child on the pinto. That's it, that's not very very difficult to do in a pinto. All you gotta do is slam into the rear end of them and explode, from my memory. Uh, I think I've seen that, I I think I've seen that in Brown County. Hey, I drove around in a pinto, that was my first car. Well. Who bought that for you, Brady? I'd be kind of suspicious. Dad. <laughs> uh-huh. He bought it new in 1976. And when it hit 300,000 miles, basically, it was turned over to me when I was 16. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. So he wants you to break down and uh, wants to get rid of it. So he's just hoping you rolled out of it exactly. quick enough. Exactly. Once again, out in the Midwest, I, I, I love ketchup or ketchup, whichever way you want to pronounce that. It's the world's <laughs> largest ketchup bottle uh, is in Collinsville, Illinois. It is a water tower. Um, it's kind of an off-brand, but Brooks Ketchup, I've seen it in stores uh, 
on the lower shelf below the hunts and the and the hinds. Um, but it would hold six six hundred forty thousand bottles of ketchup. So if wow. you're a condiment connoisseur, that is where you need to go. Can I go for the easy dad joke here? Go right By ahead. all means, I I wouldn't expect anything less. All right. So if it's the world's largest bottle of ketchup, instead of making it a water tower, they should have put apartments in it, and then it could be a condimentium. I just came up with that off the top of my head. As bad as it is, and, give me points for spontaneous and, creativity. And, and it sounds just like you came with, up with that off the top off of your head. Top of your head, yes. Absolutely, but, you know, I'm giving you props for it. Give me props for it. So right, we um, have some uh, audience input here, Howard. If you want, there we go. Uh, all right, uh, yeah. Danny uh, goes along with my comment about their beer bellies and their livers fitting in the door. Uh, Absolutely. Sure, they uh, had quite the beer bellies. As Sabrina says, they just host all the community block parties and are very serious about their recycling. So they just had the uh, beer cans be. to their house. Yep. That would uh, uh, that would certainly do it. Uh, Danny also asked what anniversary year is the whale. So it could be concrete, could be a whale for an anniversary gift. I don't um, know. He said, why would you build a blue whale? Probably because she would not appreciate a sperm whale. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, you know, I would be the one to be suspected to go for that joke, but uh, I'm pretty good, right? <laughs> I, uh, I I was going to say, I, we invited Howard on this show to take on the Todd role when you're taking it away from him, Brady. That's it. I'm that's sorry. That's right. That's right. I've got a couple later on that will that will roll right into that. Roll right into that. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Make the children so, leave the room now. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh -huh. So uh, let's we can we can go any even farther out, uh, a little farther out west. If we go to... Um, to Hawaii. Hawaii. This, 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 is, Hawaii. this is one that I personally want to uh, visit. I want to go to the Dole Plantation because they have the largest garden maze there, and it is a three-acre pineapple plant maze. I and with your, eight, with your $8 admission, you get a free Dole Whip afterwards. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of a that's kind of a good thing. Of course it's gonna cost you four thousand dollars to get to Hawaii and you take the eight dollar tour. But hey, okay. if you love I'm not gonna lie, I'm doing that. A I love pineapple and that sounds intriguing to me. I, I think I think it sounds great. And uh I have a wife who's next year for a birthday says we are going on a trip to Hawaii. One way or the other. If I have to sell a kidney or something, I guess that's how we're going. We're swimming. But uh <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Um, since we're out west, let's come back to the to the uh, to the left coast. And this is a very left coast kind of a thing. If you break down driving through California, let's hope you're near Ocotillo, California. Because if you break down, you may be towed to the uh, Coyote Fine Saucer Retrieval and Repair Service. Um, it doesn't sound like much, but. Anytime you can go to a junkyard and see replicas of flying saucers in movies in various states of uh, repair, everything from uh, the capsule from uh, Lost in Space through Star Wars, um, it might be worth a, a flat tire. Well, uh, taking the current news into account, maybe they're not replicas. 
Well, that's true. Yeah. But that it could be, you know, if the Navy's seeing all of those uh, unidentified flying objects, of course, they've changed the letters on that. I asked Denise Amber about that because she's in the Navy yeah. and she's a Navy meteorologist. She just gave an answer like, nah, who knows? I think she's keeping the secrets. She could she's be. Yeah, the secrets. Yeah. She is now definitely a government employee. And why not? We're not going to put these things in Area 51. Let's send them to Okachawa, California, or whatever that place is. I mean, yeah. Who would ever look yeah. there? Okatio yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Area yeah. 51 is too close. Uh, too close for that. So since we're talking about bad jokes, we'll go with the corn. <laughs> right now. Um, if you're in South Dakota, there is the Corn Palace, where everything. Been there. You've been there. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yes. Everything is covered with thousands of bushels of corn, correct? It, the building is like thousands a mosaic and tapestry of corn. Of corn. Well, I may have died. Are we there? So, it's like a big er, flea market yep. kind of thing. Yeah, Brady, you, they have a big flea market there? Well, th that's what I remember being as a youth. Like, it, it was like a convention center, a very gaudy like like you would imagine Wayne Newton sashaying through there at any time. and But well, it was all decorated with corn and everything on the outside. Well, Wayne Newton would be a lot of corn right there. So, uh, yeah, they yes. said thousands of bushels of corn arranged into a one-of-a-kind mural. So if you're into that kind of corn, that's great. Um, sticking with the corn and getting a little closer to home, there is the infamous field of corn in Dublin, Ohio. Yes, Dublin, Ohio. Um, it has 109 ears of corn planted in a row. They are six feet, three inches tall. And uh, they are to uh, celebrate the hybridization of corn that took place in Ohio. Sign me up for that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, think uh, I can look out my window and see that. I see <laughs> that too, yes. But I mean, not a six foot three ear of corn. Not a no. straw, ear. No. Oh, so gotcha. that's the difference. Gotcha. So, uh, <laughs> but Dublin, Ohio, the place where they have your field. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dublin, Ohio is a very nice affluent, affluent suburb. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Very you know, similar to a Mason sort of place. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I've been there on several occasions, but I've never found this, this, uh, this corn. But that pales in comparison to one place I've been. And that is Marion, Ohio, to the Popcorn Museum. What? An entire, the Popcorn Museum in Marion, Ohio. Uh, dedicated to the um, growing of popcorn from uh, the time that the cavemen grew it all the way through now. And Marion, Ohio was the home. And if you were a Cub Scout, you might remember this. When you had to sell powwow popcorn for your a fundraiser, it was yeah. usually packaged right there in beautiful Marion, Ohio, and they have an entire museum for it. Did I hear you say the cavemen ate it? Cavemen, that's what they that's what they say. So, cavemen ate corn, so. I wonder uh, how that went down. Like, did it get struck by lighting? Like, ooh, dang, like, <laughs> corn go pop. Crab <laughs> uh, butter. Yeah. They act. Uh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's the display. They have all kinds of, of uh, popcorn carts from like the 1800s, uh, late 1800s through there. Um, and at one point, and this is what, this is what I like. 
there was a fire at the popcorn factory. <laughs> and they have, they, have, they, have, they have pictures of what looks like firemen standing hip deep in snow, and it's popcorn. So that, that's, that's in my memory, and it's in beautiful Marion, Ohio. Sweet. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we're getting close to home. Uh, so I want to put up one comment here from uh, Allison. Uh -huh. uh, in response to the uh, discussion on UFOs, Allison, also a military uh, veteran, uh, she simply says we can't say about the UFOs. So she's also keeping the secret um, way to work for your yes. country, Allison. Yes. So... Um, Moving into uh, moving into some other uh, stranger areas. Uh, if you want to go back to Texas, the back of a Volkswagen. Yes. <laughs> if you want to go back to Texas, you can go to the gas station. Now, I don't have anything that uh, is uh, refers to I married an axe murder, but the gas station is from the slicer movie uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Gotcha. If you've ever seen the original, they have changed turned yeah. that gas station into um, something else that will kill you because they sell day-hold plastic wrapped deli sandwiches, uh, old pickles in a bag, uh, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre barbecue, which I don't think I'd want to do that. But if you're into slasher movies, you can uh, go and see that. So what, uh, what kind of barbecue are we talking here? That's just it. We don't know. With Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you might never know. The, the, hum, the um, human barbecue? Human barbecue, yeah, could be. Some of it's probably sweet, some of it's sour. All of it probably a little rancid uh, since it's coming from a gas station. Uh, yes. Uh, another California oddity is the, and I'm going to say this slowly, the Glass Outhouse Art Gallery. Glass Outhouse Art Gallery. Um do tell. It's, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an eclectic collection of outdoor artwork. Uh, and uh, everything from uh, made with pencils uh, to in quicksand making this art. Other things that might look like quicksand have been molded to uh, art. And the only bathroom on the property is a glass outhouse with a one-way window for a door. So you can see out, but no one can see it. So uh, wow. if you want to do your business in public, go to California. I'm sure it'll be much appreciated. So I don't think I could. has to have an app for that because people yeah. go to the bathroom in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it depends on what street you're on and what city in California where you can see that. But yeah. now they've built a, an art gallery uh, for all of that. One, one way window or not, I believe I would get stage fright and could not conduct my commerce. <laughs> exactly. Transaction exactly. denied. You know, um, yeah. It's kind of like uh, being at Walmart. Somebody's in the next stall. You just kind of wait it out. Um, this is probably one of the grossest things on the list. But in Seattle, which uh, itself can be a little sketchy, you have the gum wall. G-U-M wall. Um, people since 1990 have just been walking by, taking their gum and sticking it on the wall. Much like your students do underneath their desks. Right. But it's, uh, it has been going on since 1990. The wall is now 50 feet long and several inches thick. Um, 
It says it's a bit smelly, but worth your visit. And that's wow. Seattle for you. Sm- smelly like what? I mean, like does gum gum doesn't or saliva and breath funk? Yeah, saliva and breath funk. You know, what you what you put what you pop that piece of gum in your mouth to get rid of? I guess sticks to the gum, and after a while, since it's been in the hot sun, uh, much like uh, um, you know roadkill, it's kind of ferment, something like that. <laughs> Um, oh, but Allison says she's been there and seen that, the gum wall. Oh. And it got a stink to it, and the stink is of bad breath. Ew. Oh, <laughs> Ew. I, I just can't get it. I mean, I, I'd hate to sit down and accidentally touch the bottom of a table where somebody's just, you know, and you're like, you know, even if it's dried up, you kind of pull your hand back and go, ooh. Uh, but, uh, no. <laughs> Not good at all. Yeah. Not good at all. Foul. Yeah. Now, um, going along with the largest uh, items on the list, um, if you want to see the Jolly Green Giant, he is in Blue Earth, Minnesota. I don't know why he's not in Green Earth, Minnesota, but he's in Blue Earth, Minnesota. The Jolly Green Giant, a 55 and a half foot tall, 8,000 pound rendition of the Jolly Green Giant. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not Santa Claus. <laughs> not Santa Claus. He is on the list, however. But, no, the, uh, the, the cadence is different. Santa Claus would be ho, ho, ho. Yes. Green Giant is ho, ho, exactly. ho. <laughs> uh, but this wasn't put there by the Green Giant food company. It was, uh, and we all know, Eric, Eric, you know, Brady, you know, I know, Radio disc jockeys can do strange things. Uh, yes. A guy by the name of, of Paul Hedberg um, took the initiative to fund it, have it created, thinking it would attract more visitors to his small town. Did and it work? It, it worked. Uh, they actually have a uh, giant days festival. They love the statue. And in the winter, the Blue Earth Fire Department put a bright red scarf around his neck. Very good. So, what can we do to build up Sardinia that would be an equivalent well, to the Jolly Green Giant? See, he, he, I, he, you got me thinking because, like, if, if it has to be related to something like that, we actually had the the cemetery where the model for Aunt Jemima is buried. Um, yep. The Aunt Jemima Cemetery. It's right down the road. For real. Yep, it's in, um, it's in Aunt Red Jemima Oak. is buried. Yeah. In Red Oak? So we couldn't go with that. Maybe a large Mrs. Butterworth or what? Oh, I know. The Gorton's Fisherman gets stride the dam at Lake Winoka. Like that the Colossus would, oh, of Rhodes. The yes. Gorton's man of Winoka. Gorton's dude. Yeah. In his, in his, in his yellow slicker. That would be yes. great. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, you can go I, on I, if you want. I do have a couple of more that are that will uh, that will fit in pretty well, and this one is important to everyone here, and probably everyone listening. Uh, we need to go to New Haven, Connecticut, and eat Lewis's lunch. Um, everyone takes a claim to fame for who invented the hamburger, but legend has it that Lewis Lason was the first person to sell this food from a food cart. Um, it was invented by mistake. He was selling steak sandwiches and ran out of steak sandwiches and started chopping up and selling the pieces on a bun. Um, and uh, it stuck. In fact, if you go 
uh, there. They say the rest is history because there's only two sandwiches on the menu, a hamburger and a cheeseburger, and a sign that says, uh, this is not Burger King. You don't get it your way. You can get it Lewis's mm -hmm. way or you don't get it at all on white toast without ketchup or other condiments. But everybody loves, that. everybody loves a burger. I'd like to see that. Well, Brady would not be imbibing if it has white condiments on it. Yes, no condiments at all. So there we are. And the oh, last no two I have. Gotcha. Yes. The last two I have are kind of uh, just for um, uh, in, in Todd's honor. I was oh. uh, cruising through my phone to get this list. Of course, the screen on my phone is not as big as my laptop. And I saw the world's largest chest. And then I scrolled and it said of drawers. At first, I thought we were going to Dollywood. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's in High Point, North Carolina, and it's uh, a 20-foot-tall statue uh, rebuilt and uh, remodeled into a 38-foot-tall statue of a chest of drawers. So, no, the largest chest is not in Dollywood. It is in High Point, North Carolina. With the and world's largest mismatched socks yes, in said be. drawer. Could be. Uh, and keeping with the uh, with the with large chest, the next item is the largest chicken wing. Uh, it is at Madeira Beach, Florida's Hooters. Um, oh, you've been to the Hooters in Madeira Beach, Florida? <laughs> I've been to Madeira Beach. <laughs> oh, okay. I've not okay. been to Hooters. Well, you know, I was keeping with the chest theme, and I figure, you know, Todd was down in Florida. Maybe he stopped by here um, just for that. But it is a... Uh, 1,037 pound chicken wing hung off a 14 foot tall crossbeam, and it is about 11 feet long. So, if we want to take road trips and see the largest, the weirdest, the strangest, do you come um, from a pterodactyl? Uh, no, I, I guess it's I guess it's plaster and and uh, fiberglass, but uh, yeah, wow, you know. My, my my stepson actually received uh, as a gag gift for me a gift card to Hooters, because what else do you give a sixteen year old boy to uh, to embarrass him? So I think we're going to save that for our next trip down to uh, the Florida until we're going on a historical historical tour and see uh, and see the largest chicken wing and I'll yes. take him to take him to Hooters. I would like to add one to the list. <laughs> What's that? I want to add one like attraction to the list because I think especially our listeners not from the area like Allison, um, we actually have for real about two hours from here, the Mothman Museum. Yes. In um, Point Pleasant, Point Ohio. No. And um, that's where the whole movie was based. And there actually is a Mothman statue, and a Mothman yep. museum. Yep. So I've often wanted to go. They say it's creepy as all get out. And, and well, for disclosure's sake, Allison is actually from the area. She just doesn't live in the area oh. currently. Oh. I had Allison in school at Lynchburg. Oh, okay. Alli well, this is news to me. I thought we just picked up a random listener from Alabama. Now my world's crushed. <laughs> oh, it's oh. sorry. There, there was a connection there. but uh, well, Yeah. So just to tack on what you were talking about, Aunt Jemima, her name was Rosa Washington uh, Riles. A descendant of former slaves who is buried in the uh, Presbyterian churchyard at uh, Red Oak, Ohio. And I send lots of people there every every week to uh, take a look at her gravestone because her likeness, with the permission of uh, of the company, is there as Aunt Jemima. Wow. Yep. 
Yep. There we go. All right. Uh, a few comments here. Uh, uh, Jackie says that the Gordon Fisherman does work. Maybe the Tidy Bowl Man at Lake Winoka. We could. We could I do like that. that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Allison does. Uh, oh, go ahead, Howard. I was going to say maybe we could put the Tidy Bowl Man at the dam and put the Gordon Fisherman at the beach at Lake Winoka and have. Dually, uh, dually statue. Tidy Bowl Man could be at the sewage treatment plant in Lake Winoka. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, and Allison does say she's from there. We'll be home on the 4th of July. Awesome. And Allison also says there's a geocache at uh, Aunt Jemima's gravesite. Did not know that. Yes, it's there's one uh, there's one there and there's one at the Rankin House. So, Allison, when you come home for 4th of July, Consider coming down to Ripley for the fireworks show. We open the grounds at the Rankin House, and you can watch the fireworks at eye level, all for free. And Howard is a humbleman, and um, I'm going to go ahead and toot his horn here. Um, Howard is a curator. I, I, I think that's the per- correct Dosen. word. Dosen. There you go. If you're going to toot his horn, you have to buy him dinner first, Brayden. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, but d- he just recently gave a tour of the Rankin House, to a world famous celebrity, and who would that be, Howard? Um, which one? Oh, which your, your one? Niece. Your your niece, your niece for one, and your my mother. niece, yes, my niece that was there, and and is world renowned as she is. But the one person that you gave a tour to that might outdo my niece, Nick Clooney. I thought it was George Clooney. Nick, Nick. Nick Clooney. Oh, I could have swore Nick, it was George Clooney. Nick and Nina, uh, very, very wonderful people. Of course, being a television guy, Nick was always my, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. always my hero, and uh, such a gracious, such a gracious gentleman. Um, and uh, you know, I, I get to talk to people all over the world. I've had some famous people there that they say, you know, if you're just in the area, don't don't say things. Um, but uh, your your mom and your mom and your niece are probably the most famous ones yeah. in the last in the last year or three weeks. So that is very cool. Yep. yep. Very cool. Yep. Uh, it's 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 a labor of love. To be quite honest. All right. Thank you, Howard, for the topic. Uh, well done. Thank you. And uh, before we get into topic three, which is our game of the evening. If you ever wonder what we're talking about when we use certain terms, check out our isms on the website. Yes, Conducting Commerce. We've made mention of that a few times here. If you want to know what that means, go check out the isms. It's in the menu at the top of the page at our website, www.playitbyyourpodcast.com. And uh, a lot of of things there. We've mentioned a few things, but uh, a lot of things there about the show. So uh, check it out. And as I said, I have topic number three. Let me get the box here. Topic three is our game of the evening called Confident? Question mark. Okay. All right. Uh, As always, our guest host will play. And uh, just to briefly go over the game, and I've told them that they need uh, something to write on. As we go along here, and obviously, uh, as always, uh, audience can chime in with their answers as well, and uh, or actually, uh, you can uh, kind of take the stance of who is closest uh, to. Uh, actually, you, you probably should just chime in on your on your own uh, 
answers here because it may take a little bit of time to go back through. After they give their answers, you decide who's closest. But uh, So here's the gist of the game. Uh, the gist of the game is you have to uh, guess a range of numbers. So, And I'll give you a, a, an example question here. Uh, the example question, what is the hottest air temperature ever recorded in the United States in degrees Fahrenheit? So the players have to guess a range of numbers. And the lower the range they guess, if it's correct, now to be correct, the number, the actual number has to be inside the range or identical to either the top or the bottom of the range. So the answer of the question is 134 degrees Fahrenheit. Howard put 110 to 152. Brady put 110 to 130. So Howard would be correct because Brady's range was too short. Eric, story, story of your life, noticed. Brady. <laughs> I, I, I threw in your uh, my drawing of uh, one of my aquatic sea animals under Santa Monica Pier. Oh, Lord, you're going to get us off on a tangent. <laughs> We don't have time for tangents right now. It's for another day. No time for tangents. Wasn't that uh, Andy Griffith and Don Knotts? No, we oh, that's yeah. no time for sergeants. That's sergeants, sergeants, right? Yeah. Sergeants, yeah. Sergeants. My dad loved that movie, especially the saluting <laughs> toilets. Yes. All right. Uh, a couple comments before we get started. Uh, Danny said accurately, there would not be a George without a Nick. That is true, as Nick is George's father. He is your father. And uh, Sabrina says, I'm pretty sure George Clooney's parents still live in Augusta. And I believe and it is actually in Augusta. Actually, Augusta. Nick Clooney prov uh, provided, he was the offici official of my uncle's wedding. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, Which a uncle? A few years back. My, um, my late Uncle Jimmy. Huh. Oh. How about that? And Nick, Nick is a movie star. He was in Monuments Men, playing the older version of George. Indeed. There you go. All right, and uh, welcome to Mr. Heron. Better late than never. That is true. Welcome, sir. All right, so our game again is confident, question mark. We'll see how confident our co-hosts are. And uh, we are playing to 15, so the scoring goes like this. Whoever gets the answer correct in the smallest range gets three points. If you get the answer correct in any range, you get one point. So you have a chance to get points either way. Uh, obviously, if you were like Brady's answer and was outside of your range, you get zero points, and we're playing to 15. So uh, that is the deal. And again, we invite the audience to uh, enter their own ranges of numbers to help answer the questions. So here's our first question. And this question is about the Billboard Hot 100 music chart. What is the longest a song has been at number one consecutively in weeks? What is the longest a song has been at number one consecutively in weeks? So again, we invite the audience, uh, put your ranges out there in the comments. What is the longest on the Billboard Hot 100 chart a song has been at number one consecutively in weeks? Brady's still riding? I got it. All right. Brady? 
another another Sienna Mule. Uh, his range is 10 to 16. Howard's range, 15 to 29. And we'll put up a few uh, audience input uh, ranges here. Uh, Danny says 52 to 102. Uh, Gary says 50 to 83 weeks. Uh, Miss Wilson, welcome. 30 to 40 weeks, she says. Uh, Mr. Heron, 14 to 21 weeks. And the correct answer is 19 weeks. 19 weeks. Howard, I believe, got that correct. Oh, man. He said 15 to 29, so he gets three points. Brady, again, outside of your range, zero. Just curious, what was that song? Uh, with one week solo in 18 weeks featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X was a huge 2019 hit and crushed the previous 16-week record. I have no idea what that song is, but uh, congratulations. I'm going to my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride it till I can't go. It's for it. Uh, I, I, I do know that song now. You do, yes. I wish you hadn't sung it to me. Uh, that might be one of those from the first topic. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> that could be on the loop in hell, certainly. All right, so uh, Howard 3, Brady Mill. And uh, He's our audience members. So our audience members, who got that correct? Uh, Jim got it correct. I believe he's the only one who put in a guess. So, uh, mm -hmm. Good job, Mr. Heron. All right, next question. Flying from New York to London, what is the fastest that it's ever been done in hours and minutes for a commercial flight? Keywords. Flying from New York to London, what is the fastest it's ever been done in hours and minutes for a commercial flight? Got it. So again, we invite our audience to chime in. Once again, finally, the question, uh, flying from New York to London, what is the fastest it's ever been done in hours and minutes for a commercial flight? Howard will let you uh, give your response first this time. His range is 2 hours and 15 minutes to 3 hours and 10 minutes. Brady? On the Concorde. Two hours and 25 minutes to three hours. Two hours and 25 minutes to three hours. And this, this is going to be tight here. Yeah. All right, so we have some uh, audience responses here. Uh, Allison says nine hours and 30 minutes, so she gave an, uh, an actual direct answer. Uh, Danny, three, 45 to 405. Uh, Gary, two hours and 28 minutes to four hours and 12 minutes. And Mr. Heron, an hour and 30 minutes to two hours and 10 minutes. Our actual answer, two hours, 53 minutes. So I, both of you were, I think both of you got it correct. Now, I don't know yeah. who got it most correct. I said two hours and 25. Yep, that would be. Okay, Brady. yeah, that would be the shorter range. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Brady. Good job. Brady with three points, and uh, Howard, Howard, you get one for that, so you were yeah. within the range as well. 
so again, uh, for trivia purposes, the Concorde covered 3,470 miles with a top cruising speed of 1,350 miles per hour. That's twice as fast as most passenger jets. All I could think of was Bill Collins. Yeah. When he, well, no, when he flew from yeah. London to Philadelphia right. for Live Aid, and I just exactly. remember that number rattling in my head. I couldn't remember what it was, but that was going through my mind. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Howard gets the point, so he maintains the lead. Howard for Brady, three. Good much. All right. So <laughs> this question near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> this is this is great I, because I would I would expect this question to be of the other gender. So I and you'll understand after I answer it. Hygiene in the United States. What percentage of women? wash their hands after using the restroom before the 2020 pandemic. What percentage of women wash their hands after using the restroom before the 2020 pandemic? Got it. Got it. Now, now we do have answers for both genders here as we... Uh, Read oh. the trivia portion of the card, so uh, it, that will bring some light on the subject here as well. All right, so uh, audience responses rolling in. Brady, we'll let you give your response first. 78 to 83%. 78 to 83%, Brady says. Howard? Whoops, 37 to 42 for the women. I did 15 to 28 for the men. 37 to 42 for the women. And gentlemen, <laughs> neither one of you got this correct, but uh, we'll give the audience responses here first. Uh, Allison says 18%. <laughs> Allison, <laughs> not much faith in her fellow women. <laughs> that, that, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah, fellow women? Yeah. Fellow yeah. women, yes. Like Lady G-Men. <laughs> right. Uh, Mr. Heron, 60 to 75%, he says. Gary says 63 to 83%. Danny says 30 to 40%. And Miss Wilson, on the other end of the spectrum, has a high level of faith in her fellow women. 90 to 95% prior to the pandemic. Wash their hands, according to Miss Wilson. The answer... Gentlemen, as I said, neither one of you got it right. 65%. 65%. Right in the midst. This compares. Now, Howard went ahead and put his uh, guess on the men. What was your guess on the men's? 15 to 28%. 15, 28. Now, you don't have as much faith in men <laughs> as they actually gonna, carried out. I was going to say 30% for men. That would be my guess, but... Well, and then you were a little bit off as well. The men did a better job than either one of you thought. Uh, this compares with 31% of men, according to the Center for Disease Control study, but uh, research suggests only 5% of people do it properly. So uh, now I, I'm just throwing out a guess here. Uh, as far as the men go, I can't speak to the women uh, part of that, but... Uh, I would guess men not doing it properly, quote-unquote, let me put air quotes out there, uh, probably would only be using water and not water and soap after doing number one. That would be my guess as far as not doing it properly. 
Uh, you do see that quite a bit. But, uh, we know where we've been. Yes. <laughs> That's why I tell my wife I know where I've been. <laughs> she doesn't seem to accept that as an answer. Or maybe right, she so. knows where you've been and she doesn't accept that. <laughs> well, that, that could be true, too. <laughs> All right. So uh, neither one of you got points on that. Ah. Here we go. All right. Denim jeans is our next topic of the next question. In what year were they invented? That is, in what year were they patented? So, key, key, key phrase there. Denim jeans, in what year were they invented? Specifically, what year were they patented? Got it. Yep. All right, uh, waiting for some audience comment there. Once again, the question regarding denim jeans. In what year were they invented? Specifically, what year were they patented? Uh, Jackie says 1840 to 1880. Gary says 1783 to 1847. That's quite a range of dates there. And uh, we'll get some, some others rolling in here. Uh, Mr. Heron, 1830 to 1860. And uh, Danny, 1867 to 1888. So, all right, uh, who, Howard, I believe you're first this time, are you not? Or is Brady first? I can't remember. We'll put Howard first. 1785 to 1804, says Howard. Brady? 1858 to 1865, says Brady. Gentlemen, once again, neither one of you are correct. Answer is 1873. 1873. See, I knew it had something to do with the California Gold Rush and Levi Strauss. Right. right. And I was thinking of the 49er. I was thinking of 1849. Yep. So I yep. just patented, bumped it up. Yeah, I, yeah, I blew past. I was thinking that too and blew past it to 85 because I was thinking the keyword was patented. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, Anita with 1897. Welcome, Anita, to the show. Uh, so the trivia portion of the question here, once again, 1873, the answer invented by Jacob Davis and Levi Strauss is a sturdy pair of pants for gold miners and workers. So there's the dungarees. Dungarees. It wasn't until the 50s, the 1950s, that is, that they became fashionable. Thank you to, who do you think? Rock and roll. A specific person made them fashionable. Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> James Dean. Yes, sir. James Dean. All right. Got to get you you guys off the schneid here. No points for either one of them. Oh, yeah. So, uh, four to three continues to be our score. I think we may have a question here for you where you can get some points. I hope. Question is on James Bond movies. Specifically... Specifically, specifically, how many are there? By anyone with official movie rights up to No Time to Die. So, up to up to that movie, how many James Bond movies are there officially? Oh, movies. Oh, I was going to Movies. Movies. Uh, 
So again, the question about James Bond movies, how many are there by anyone with official movie rights up to the movie No Time to Die? Let's see if we have any James Bond fans out there. I got it. Are you showing your answer already? Yes. Okay, Brady's showing his answer, and it looks like it just says six. I don't see your whole answer. That's it. Six? Is your answer? That's my answer. No range? No You're range. Supposed to give a range. Six. Uh, Howard says thirteen to sixteen. So uh, some input from the audience here. Danny says twenty to twenty-five. Uh, Miss Wilson twelve to sixteen. Gary fourteen to nineteen. Mister Heron eight to thirteen. And uh, I'll tell you guys. Uh, I, and I, I didn't know this either. But uh, I, I would have greatly underestimated the number of James Bond movies. Oh, is the, it movies? Yes, movies. Movies. Yeah. movies. I thought it was. I thought actors that played James Bond. No, movies. Okay, that's why I had a very quick, very succinct answer. Yeah, movies. Uh, oh, so the answer is twenty-seven. Yeah. James wow. Bond movies. 25 of those by Eon Productions, plus Never Say Never Again in the original Casino Royale. Since Dr. No in 1962, seven different actors have played 007. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Sean Connery. Yep. Roger Moore. George Lazenby. Timothy uh-huh. Dalton. Pierce uh-huh. Brosnan. Daniel Craig. Who am I leaving out? That's six. David Nibble. David Niven played James Bond. Casino Royale, the original. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Oh, see, I never count that one. I okay. don't either, but that's the only way I could come up with seven. Yeah. Okay, I Gary like says it. I need to watch more Bond movies, which is absolutely. <laughs> apparently, there's a lot more to watch than you thought. The spot. Uh, says I love me is my favorite. Uh, Danny says he was close. He was the closest of anybody, and. Uh, also gave the answer David Niven, so he knew that as well. So yeah, he knows he knows that because at the barbershop they'll watch uh, movies over and over again, and they'll go through like Star Wars and and James Bond and all that. So, but Danny, do you watch Danny? Do you watch the movie Barbershop? That's the question. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. I thought that one would get you uh, on the board, but uh, I thought it would too, man. I don't know. It's a good thing I don't have the twenty-minute clock running on this. Yeah. Maybe a maybe a couple hours. All right, gentlemen. Social media is the uh, topic of our question. Danny says yes, they do play the movie Barbershop, so that's good. How long do Americans and Canadians spend on social media each day? To the nearest minute for the average sixteen to sixty-four-year-old internet user. So being very specific here uh, once again social media how long do Americans and Canadians spend on social media each day to the nearest minute for the average 16 to 64 year old internet user so your answer should be in minutes to the nearest minute got it 
Yep, we'll see. Uh, I know how long my stepson spends on the internet. <laughs> well, the the internet or social media? I mean, yes. a, lot of the, a lot of these young kids watch YouTube a lot. I don't know if that's considered social media or not. but uh, he does. They do a lot of commenting back and forth on it. So Right, it right. Does. All right. So again, for the uh, for the audience, uh, social media. How long do Americans and Canadians spend on it each day? To the nearest minute, for the average sixteen to sixty four year old internet user, and I don't know if I've ever really heard that range of ages before in anything. But uh, all right, uh, Howard, we'll look at your answer first. Two hundred and forty to three hundred and sixty minutes, says Howard. Brady. 90 to 120 minutes. Just for throwing Brady. Canada in there. I don't know what the internet connectivity in Moose Jaw and Yellowknife is. <laughs> so in I'm the Northwest Territories? Out. Yeah, in the territories, it, it, yes. It, it's, it's about about 35 <laughs> MPPS in, in uh, Saskatoon. Hey. Hey. All right. Uh, Allison says six hours and 35 minutes. Uh, Gary says 48 to, I assume he meant 111 minutes would be his range because he says 48 to 11. Sounds like a Chicago song, 48 to 11. <laughs> it gets uh, to uh, uh, James Heron, 45 to 58. Danny says uh, 300 to 350. Uh, Jackie says 4 hours and 15 minutes. Allison says 395 minutes, as she put her answer in minutes. The answer... Congratulations, Mr. Liming. 118 Ooh. minutes. Almost hit it right on the nose. Wow. I'm impressed. Right on the proboscis. I'm, in, I'm impressed. So, uh, Howard, no points on that. Brady roars into the lead. Six to four. We might have to do this game to ten, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh... For uh, the trivia part of the answer, the global average is two hours and 24 minutes. Uh, Latin Americans are, this is interesting, Latin Americans are the most prolific users of social media, averaging three hours and 32 minutes a day. How about that? I never, ever would have guessed that. I, I thought for sure Americans had that one locked down. Yeah, man, I if I'm living in Belize, I'm going to be on the beach, not on the... Yeah. Social medias. I would think it would be Americans and, or maybe uh, persons of Asian descent. Yeah. You know, tied in with the, 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 the technology. But, hey. All right. So, uh, once again, our uh, score six to four, Brady on top. And, uh, Put the rally. Rally cap. Rally cap. Yeah. Get it ready to go. Don't think anyone of, uh, in the audience got that correct either. So, no, Congratulations, Brady. You're the only one. Wow. All right. Brady is a beach lover. This could be in right down your alley. A beach question. Question, question is on waves. Waves. How tall is the tallest wave ever surfed in feet? Verified by experts. How tall is the tallest wave ever surfed? Verified by experts. And uh, Gary says, darn Canadians dragging us down on the social media. That's it. <laughs> blame Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah. Um, 
Right. Uh, Danny also <laughs> said that's that's before COVID. <laughs> that's probably correct. All right. So again, our question for the benefit of our audience and our participants: How tall is the tallest wave ever surfed in feet? Verified by experts. So, what kind of expert would verify the height of a wave? An oceanographer or I, medi- yeah. meteorologist? Who does huh. such things? I, I've read a book about it, but I forgot. I forget the exact who does it. And how do you measure? Do you like triangulate based upon the horizon and whatnot? Or? Yeah, I think there's some. Um, I think there's some video. Um, you know. I just said triangulate because I really like that yeah, word. I do like yeah, that. Yeah. All I know about surfing comes from Point Break and a few beach blanket bingo movies from the sixties. Oh. Point Break, outstanding movie. Outstanding. I, I, love I love the Frankie Internet movies. Yes. All right. Are we ready, gentlemen? Ready as we'll yep. ever be. Howard, what you got? 71, 71 to, 97. to 97. Brady? 60 to 80. 60 to 80. <laughs> Uh, our audience, uh, Gary says 17 to 38. Miss Wilson says 20 to 30. Danny says 60 to 75. Jackie says 25 to 40. And, uh, Jim says 95 to 125. The answer. Once again, Brady. 80 feet. 80 feet. Oh. It's Brady on the nose. Oh, man. I think it was in Portugal. Uh, There's these rare waves that come off Portugal, and then sometimes in the North Shore of Hawaii. Wow. And sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think that question was unfair to you, Howard. It's all right. Brazilian, Brazilian Rodrigo Coxa surfed the behemoth in, the, in November of 2017 off the coast of Nazare, Portugal. Yeah. He said there's a book called Rogue Wave, and it's about big wave riding and fascinating read. I'm a little bit of a, yeah, I, I know I'm geeking out there, but yeah. All right. Todd told me to take it easy on you. <laughs> well, Brady tends to do this, or actually yeah, tends to go the other way. Todd will roar out to a lead and Brady will roar back. But, yep, uh, that's it. All right, so uh, nine to five, working now. Is our score yeah. Brady on top? Speaking of, we made mention of Dolly Parton earlier, didn't we? Yes, we did. Laird Hamilton, that's his name. Laird Hamilton. Laird Hamilton. He was the yeah. originator of the uh, being towed into big waves. Anyway, go ahead. So, Gary, you're saying your uh, answer was in Canadian measurements and <laughs> in, in meters? Uh, yeah. I want a liter of cola. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. McDonald's restaurants. How many countries have at least one McDonald's restaurant? And these are independent countries. How many independent countries have at least one McDonald's restaurant? 
Am I first? You are first, I believe. Oh, sorry. I go ahead, Brady. What? Go ahead. Sixty to seventy-four. Sixty to seventy-four. Hmm. I think I lowballed it, though. I think I way overshot it. I'm, I'm talking every little spot on the planet has a McDonald's. <laughs> Everything with a uh, Florida, even a few states that have McDonald's. Lichtenstein. <laughs> yes. Point. All right. Uh, yeah, I have the Lutefisk nuggets. <laughs> Audience uh, input here. Uh, Jim says all of them. So uh, kind of where you went, Howard. Yep. Uh, Jackie says two. 200 to 210. Gary also says all, the whole mess of them. Danny, 60 to 70. And Jim, 75 to 100. And uh, that answer is the only one that's correct. 96 countries have at least one McDonald's restaurant. I I cut it off at 80. I thought everybody wanted a grease burger. Well, everyone may want one, but maybe can't get one. Can't get one, yes. I don't All think right, there's uh, any Afghanistan or like any like McDonald's in Kabul or. Well, I, Afghanistan would not be considered an independent country, would it? Sure, has its own government. It has the the Taliban, which is not really a government. But the country is independent. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Iceland, Iran. And North Korea don't have a McDonald's along with the majority of Africa. Are they not loving it? Yeah. Not not. The rest of them all have Burger King. <laughs> right. So zero points. So our score remains. We're working. It's horrible. Nine to five. Kim Jong Il is the one who he in his official biography that studied in North Korea. He claims to have invented the hamburger, and that's taught to North Koreans. Sure, he did. And I'll bet. I'll bet he eats McDonald's. It may not be a restaurant, but I'll bet he eats McDonald's. All right, Howard, you may have a you may have a advantage on this, or maybe not. I don't know. Driving stick shift. What percentage of Americans can do it? Driving stick shift, what percentage of Americans can do it? All right. Got it. Got it. All right, again, for the benefit of our audience, the question is about driving a stick shift vehicle. What percentage of Americans can do it? Howard, what you got? 38 to 42% says Howard. 18 to 28%. 18 to 28% says Brady. And uh, looking at the uh, audience input here, Jackie says 10 to 25. Danny says 25 to 40. Gary says 15 to 24. Jim says 25 to 45. Miss Wilson, 25 to 30. And... uh, a little different in a farming community. I think a lot of farm kids get out there and drive tractors from an early age, and they get that skill early on. Uh, but again, I learned to drive a stick in my Pinto. Oh yeah, 
True. All right, uh, Brady, once again. Water. 18%. 18. Wow. Holy cow. Percent. Uh, I said 18 to 28. I, I had no idea that I would actually. You did. Get I, cases. I thought you were. I thought you were a little low on that, but I guess uh, the way we paralyze the world is electronic magnetic pulse and give everybody a stick chip. There you go. Yeah. As little as 2% of vehicles sold in the United States come with a stick shift, it's the opposite in Europe where everyone learns to drive a stick shift. Silly. So, uh, Howard, no points on that. So uh, we're looking at a score of 12 to 5. So Brady, Brady could win on this question. Could win on the question. There we go. And this ties into our uh, discussion earlier. Oh, man. Blue whales. <laughs> Not of the concrete variety, of the actual variety. How many bones does a blue whale have? Now, interesting fun fact, as you think of your range of numbers, the heart of a blue whale can weigh as much as a car. Its tongue is huge. So again, uh, how many bones does a blue whale have? Hmm. Got it. Yep. All right, uh, Brady, you're first this time. How many bones does a blue whale have? Oh, sorry. 200 to 240. 200 to 240 is Brady's answer. Howard? 180 to 200. 180 to 200. Audience uh, answers rolling in here. Uh, Jackie says 180 to 220. Uh, Jim says 180 to 240. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to do Danny says <laughs> to 200 to 300. And Gary, uh, very specific, 324 to 326. He, he thinks he knows something here. Gary does. Maybe, maybe Gary's a fisherman, and we don't know. Is is he is he Gordon instead of Gary? There we go. We got our model. <clears throat> now I I believe Gary did think he thought he knew something, and he's the closest of anybody who gave an answer. Woo! Uh, he's, and Gary does a Schultz. I I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the answer. Sorry to say, our uh, participants here get no points. 356 bones in the blue whale body. 356. So we have 206 in our skeleton, and it is broadly similar to a whale's, believe it or not, but they are massive and they just need more bones to uh, keep their shape. They still have phalange bones, even though they're encased in a fin. Uh, Gary, Gary said he had no idea, but uh, again, again, a very specific range of a guess there. Yes. All right, so our score continues to be Brady 12, Howard 5. Howard, time to get the comeback going. I'm, I'm just, yeah, you're not running out of time. All right, gentlemen. This, this could be easier. 
We have very limited geography here. The Amazon River. How many countries does it run through, including its tributaries? Oh. Now, Howard has been to the Amazon. Yes, I have. But that may not help me on this. I have to think hard. <laughs> How many countries does the Amazon River run through, including its tributaries? I was actually supposed to be there right now. Oh, really? Yep. I was supposed to go to Ecuador. Ah. And go in the oh, Amazon. I was there on the on a mission trip, and it was probably the uh, most rewarding non-vacation trip I ever taken in my life. All right. Uh, let's see uh, who's first here. I think it's Howard. Howard? Five to seven is Howard's guess. Brady? Eight to 14. Eight to 14. Looking at our uh, audience responses, uh, Jackie says five to eight. Gary says seven to 11, seven 11, the big gulp. Uh, Danny says 10 to 15. Jim, eight to 13. Uh, Miss Wilson, 15 to 20. Howard starting the comeback. Six countries. Six. Brady, Brady, you can only do that with your hand when you're talking about Michigan. Well, I'm seeing yeah. Brazil and, and Guyana and Venezuela and Suriname and Peru, Ecuador, and I think I, I think I gave a little bit too much credence to Bolivia and Uruguay. All right. The river starts in Peru, travels 4,000 miles through Bolivia, Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, and Brazil before emptying into the Atlantic. Ooh. Everybody forgets Venezuela. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought it was it's the tributaries. I was yeah. thinking one might have snaked in through Argentina and Uruguay there. That's what kind of inflated my number. All right. 12 to 8 is our score. All right, gentlemen. Weddings in the United States. Weddings in the United States. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was the average cost of a wedding in the year 2019 for the ceremony and reception? Average cost of a wedding in the United States in the year 2019 for the ceremony and Reception. Uh, 2014. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, now, uh, seeing this answer, 2019, yeah. Okay. Seeing this answer makes me glad I do not have a daughter in which I would have to pay for a wedding. 2000 to 5000 is what I said. Brady says 2000 to 5000. Howard says 5,000 to 7,000. And our audience has answers rolling in. Jackie says 15 to 20,000. God. Danny says 17 to 30,000. Ah. Uh, Jim says 25 to 35,000. <laughs> Miss Wilson uh, doing, I guess, the Vegas wedding, 1,500 to 2,500. We can do uh, it cheaper in Virginia Beach, I tell you that. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kim, Kim, welcome, Kim. Uh, Thirty-five to sixty thousand for Kim's wedding. Uh, Gary you. with went with went with the uh, specific range last time. Goes with the wide range this time. Thirty-five hundred to thirty-five thousand. And uh, Jackie puts in there twice the price of a funeral. So uh, you guys are. I argued they're synonymous. You guys are expressing shock and awe at some of these I was answers, say but. That, Brady. <laughs> I was going to say shock, that. Shock, shock and awe at these answers. However, those people are much closer than you are. $28,000 is, or was, the average cost. Of a See, wedding. Well, it says average cost. You got to throw in Kardashian weddings, along with, you know, with with but, the. But those are re- those are relatively flare. few, though. They're relatively few. Yeah. So is then the average cost? Is the average cost of a divorce four times that? No, uh, Jim said actually half the cost of a divorce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just going to shut my mouth. Uh, Kim Kim says, not my wedding. Kim's daughter works in the wedding industry, so she had a little yeah, inside baseball uh, there. Yeah. Uh, Gary Gary says, average of those reported wedding planners? Question mark. Well, I'll tell you where the where the data came from. According yeah, to the two th- in over Delaware is much cheaper. <laughs> According to the 2019 not KNOT study. Venue is the biggest expense and accounts for a third of the cost. So in your $28,000 wedding, the venue will account for approximately $8,500 of that, $8,700, $8,750-ish of that. Avoid Manhattan if you want to save some money and consider Columbus or St. Louis instead. uh, And that would probably account for our answers here with uh, the cost of a wedding. They're much cheaper here. And so no as points. I said, as I said, one hundred and twenty-five dollars if you go to Virginia Beach. There you go. It's not about the ceremony; it's about the uh, the vows, right? That's it. All right. So, gentlemen, next question on ice cream. Ice cream. What's the record for the most scoops on a cone? On a regular size cone balanced for at least 10 seconds. So again, you gotta take that into account as well. What's the record for the most scoops of ice cream on a cone, a regular size cone balanced for at least 10 seconds? I gotta love these questions. These questions are great. I think I'm going way low on this, but... Mm. Are we ready, gentlemen? All right, Howard, what do you got? Baskin Robbins plus. Baskin Robbins plus 16. To 47. Yep. 30, 31 to 47. Brady? I think I'm going to be higher than Keith Richards on this one, but <laughs> um, I'm saying 70 to 120. 70 to 120, says Brady. He's probably close. All right. So uh, answers from the uh, audience. Jackie says 6 to 20. Danny, 12 to 16. Miss Wilson, 25 to 40. Gary, 23 to 28. Jim, not enough. 
whatever the number is. I'm in agreement with you there. I'm an ice cream lover myself. Uh, Kim, 11 to 15, but Jim's real answer is 25 to 30. And Brady, your your upper end of your range was awful close. Awful close. 125 scoops of ice cream. And I believe the balance for 10 seconds portion of that question was the key. Yeah. All right, this was achieved by Italian Dimitri Panisiera in 2018. He also holds the world record for largest ice cream scooper at over six feet long and nearly two feet wide. Who can wield that? What is it? What kind of vat is he putting that in that it could even be wielded? I don't know. Does that need a motor? Seems like it would need a motor. I I don't know, but let's tie that into my topic from earlier. The largest ice cream scoop, non edible, is in New Paris, Pennsylvania. It's uh, it's, uh, nine and a half feet long and about 12 feet high. It's a building shaped like ice cream. There you go. There we go. Danny does come up with a good point. They were probably using gelato, which that could could that cause a easier balancing? Does gelato balance easier than ice cream? It might because it's a little bit more pliable. It's less firm. Well, All right. Dr. Clouseau, I got the film for you. <laughs> All right, uh, Brady, you may have a, an advantage here because this this question has come up in another game. Uh oh. Now, Howard, you may have been listening at, at this have. episode. <laughs> okay, the question is on the boiling point of water, and what is the boiling point of water at the top of Mount Everest in degrees Fahrenheit? Boiling point of water at the top of Mount Everest in degrees Fahrenheit. Now, someone should get points here. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Boiling point of water at the top of Mount Everest in degrees Fahrenheit. Am I first? I have no clue. Go ahead, Brady. Brady, you're first. I believe it is 140 to 190. 140 to 190 is Brady's range. Howard? 112 to 137. 112 to 137. Audience responses. Jackie says 120 to 150. Gary, 93 to 128. Uh, Jim says 180 to 198. And uh, we'll get some other answers as we go along here, but I will give you the actual answer. Brady gets the points. 162 degrees Fahrenheit. Danny with his range, 161.86, so Danny got his range correct. Uh, The higher the elevation, the lower the atmospheric pressure and boiling point. So, on uh, another note, it takes forever to cook things as the water cannot get hot enough. So if you ever need to cook anything at the top of Mount Everest... I should just take the uh, dried match and boil an egg. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Brady on the verge. The verge. Actually, that was that 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 was winning. I put you. I put you on fifteen. So yes. Congratulations, victorious. Fifteen to eight. Yes. All right. Absolutely. 
Good game, gentlemen. Good game. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Good job. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that uh, brings us to the end of episode 61, and we want to remind you, uh, you can find our podcast on uh, most any audio platform you can find a podcast on, uh, and they're listed there at the bottom of the screen if you're watching us on video. Those do come out on Friday morning at 3 a.m., so if you're up early on a, on a Friday morning, you can get that right when it hits the uh, podcast platforms. But uh, again, if most anywhere you can find one, you can probably find our podcast on video. If you're with us right now, you're either probably on YouTube, uh, Twitch, or uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, YouTube, or uh, oh, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter, uh, Periscope on Twitter. Yeah, that that's, uh, that one flew out of my ear, but. Uh, Periscope on Twitter. We also run our podcast on that as video as well. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, Howard, uh, we thank you for guest hosting, and uh, we may uh, have pleasure, guest host may, may have guest host on from time to time. Yeah, even uh, our previous guest host was our uh, the voice of our podcast intro and outro. Matt Vaughn was our other guest host. He was with the three of us, so we had four of us on that particular episode. So we may venture into that uh, realm at some point in the future, or if one of us can't be here, we may bring on another guest host. may bring Howard back. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, uh, Howard, you certainly uh, fell into our inanities well. So thank you very much. You did a yeoman's job and a tremendous job. I'm no Todd Griffin, but he's no Howard McClellan. That that is a fact. That is a fact. State the facts. I can I can aspire. I can aspire. I can aspire to be either. Before we go, I would like to wish a speedy recovery to my mom, who is recovering from a gallbladder procedure. And one of the other ladies of the house, my dog, Pepper El Perro, is recovering. Um, let's just say she went to the vet to get tutored. Oh. Tutored? That's what I, that's what I told her. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, I'll uh, give give a little message myself uh, on a serious note. We don't get very serious on this show very much, but uh, uh, this past week here, uh, lost one of my students in my building, lost her life in an ATV accident. I do want to keep the uh, strong family in uh, your prayers. Um, I'm going through a rough time there with the loss of uh, Allie, so uh, please... Again, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And, uh, just Absolutely. a hard situation to go through there. Absolutely. All right. Uh, with that, again, our audio will drop on uh, Friday at 3 a.m. So uh, keep in tune for episode 61. Thank you, gentlemen. And in honor of Todd Griffin on the count of three, we should all give his uh, his uh, send-off that he right. usually does. So ready? One, two, three. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.